Welcome to the Savage Beast Podcast, our 25th episode, Spectacular, uh, guiding you uh, through these uh, celebratory times is myself, Joe Gallagher, and with me, as always, or at least for 25 episodes, Paul McLeod. Joe, this is my last episode because of your horrible abuse of the word myself just there. I know, I thought that would bother you. It really, really chaps my ass. I was ready to not use it, and then I was like, "No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it just because it will bother Paul." <laughs> um, but yes, uh, it is 25 episodes, and I'm happy to be here. You know, Paul. Each one. No, I, go ahead. I was gonna say, "Oh, the good." We interrupted ourselves. That's a good thing. That's a it's the 25th anniversary of us interrupting each other on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, that's just the nature of um, not being in the same half of the continent. True. Um, yeah. um, uh, I think this is also, um, we're within a two-week window of uh, the 20-year anniversary of you and I meeting. Oh, yeah. Because that would have been true. 1996 in beautiful Orlando, Florida at Trinity yeah, Preparatory and it School. Yeah, would have been... Yeah, we it would have been in August sometime, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, we probably maybe I write. We always started like at least a week before Labor Day, so it was yeah. sometime. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jacking it together for twenty plus years. I know. Impressive. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, I could. I can't remember the moment or circumstance when we met. Uh, I can't either. Um, probably Jeff Miller, who was leading me around on my first day of. Uh, orientation at trinity prep introduced us but uh i feel like you know actually honestly like i feel like i do remember meeting you i can't really? i can't i won't bore our listeners but i have a very distinct memory of the place on campus where you were sitting huh when i met you well you failed to impress me and i don't remember it yeah um, i'm not surprised that was <laughs> ninth grade joe he was not impressing anyone well, you had very curly hair. That was that's that was true. Impressive. That's true. Young Cosmo, as mm-hmm. people used to say. Yes, yes, uh, a young, um, less racist Cosmo. <laughs> Even at the time, that was clear. Um, uh. <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> maybe we should ramble more in honor of our twenty-fifth episode. Um, yeah. So, Joe, what track did we listen to? We just listened to uh, Granddaddy, Way We Won't. Um, really excited uh, that Granddaddy, who have not released an album 
uh, since 2006, uh, just announced that they will be releasing a new one. Um, they've been working on it. Um, and, uh, they are one of my, um, favorite bands, like indie bands, uh, from the, uh, early 2000s, um, and 90s, uh, um, I guess they're, yeah. the album I like by them called The Software Slump came out in May of 2000, um, uh, and they, when I heard this song, uh, uh, it was on Sirius XMU, um, which is the indie rock station on Sirius XM and, uh, shout out to Jenny Ellescu. Um, uh, it was immediately, uh, followed by a new Sylvan Esso song. And mm. I was just like, you know, granddaddy is able to, um, very effectively craft a song without any outward emotion and still make the listener feel a lot. Um, and Sylvan Esso pretty much fails at doing that. <laughs> uh, uh, so the new Sylvan Esso is not going to blow my skirt up any higher than the is, first Sylvan Esso did. It is not. It is not. Oh. Yeah. It is a little more explicitly sexual than previous Sylvan Esso, but uh, well, that's what I go to my Sylvan Esso for explicit um, sexuality. Anyway, I won't say too much. I, I, I like this song. Uh, uh, it's it's classic granddaddy. And if you like uh, synth-heavy uh, indie rock songs about robots uh, and uh, disaffection, listen to Granddaddy's catalog in prep for this album. That uh, It seems like the thing in the 90s was uh, post-alternative was uh, we're going to play more sort of uh guitar heavy uh pop rock but we're gonna add something to it so the ska movement added horns uh the rentals and granddaddy added some sort of uh whimsical synths i don't know i just made that theory up on the spot no it's interesting it's totally true though it's and eventually the ornamentation became the main instrument and the guitars were uh taken out of the equation much to our chagrin indeed um but yeah they uh so they followed the rentals because it's obviously there's a lot of uh yeah uh, style sharing with the rentals yeah i think that they um definitely took some influence from the songwriting at the time but Mm. i I don't really think they were part of the same uh circle as they were definitely on an indie rock uh course from the beginning got it got it all right, yeah. Well, that track is uh, pretty sweet. It's um, it's very catchy. You can't really beat that chorus little synth line, so yes. I won't try to. Yes, Paul, um, you have a track for us. Yeah, mine is uh, O Ivy by Opposite Sex. Let's hear some of it.
There we go. So, uh, just as uh, Granddaddy is extremely typical of your taste, Joe, uh, this is a band that is, I've discovered, uh, extremely typical of my taste in that um, they, uh, you don't really hear what I really like about that song when you play just the first minute of it, but um, it just keeps sort of building and building and getting wilder and wilder, and eventually the uh lead singer is losing her mind about um apparently having betrayed a family relation named ivy and the um, the fucking song rocks (laughs) yeah it's pretty wild and uh uh, that's the best song on the album but the whole album is is really quite good if you're into that sort of uh uh abrasive jammy psych rock type thing um which i am uh i would love to hear they're from new zealand i would love to hear um the tame impala guy kevin uh produce one of their albums uh yes. his sound with them would be sweet yes um i was uh rocking the fuck out in my kitchen when i first listened to this song um i was just delighted i really feel <laughs> like music has rewarded us for our uh faith uh, and come back around and given us like version 2.0 of the music we grew up loving. It really um, has. Just here it, listening to this and to Car Seat Headrest and even bands like Diet Sig and Dilly Dally. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, I, I feel like it's happening. It's um, all happening. Like things before were kind of half measures. Yeah. Like if you go back and listen to like uh, fucking, what am I thinking of? Um, well, this would be a good point if I could remember the name of the band I'm thinking of. But um, <laughs> any clue? Uh, s- several late aughts guitar bands uh, that were popular on the indie scene. Um, uh, shit, what's the one that was on the fucking treadmills? Okay, go. Yeah. Or um, right. there's another one that's in my head that I can't think of. But they're like, yeah, this is pretty good, but it right. doesn't. It's not even close. Well, and and also I think that for me, as much as I enjoy and respect uh lcd sound system often the time oftentimes bands like that i was kind of like chasing um Mm. what i could easily like or what you know this song um uh offers up uh nice yeah um yeah i would agree i mean i love some lcd sound system tracks but overall they're not like one of my favorite artists of all time so I agree. To some extent, there's just some irreducible love of a certain style that uh, yeah that just touches us. Well, maybe it's a, and it's also just the numbers. Like I feel like more and more of the bands coming out now fit this yeah. category. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what's going on in the New Zealand music scene, but um, uh, you know, I guess the classical indie New Zealand music scene is a mo- lot more like REM jangly type stuff. Yeah, there's Which, definitely a surf rock influence in a lot of what I've heard from there. Yeah. Um, I just take Flight of the Concord's word that it's a bunch of sort of oceanic <laughs> yes. hillbillies. Yes. Um. <laughs> and hobbits. Um, yeah. So many hobbits. <laughs> You've been there, actually. I guess I, I have. I have been so. there, but I, I went to the boring part. I won't get uh. on a rant on that. I mean, it was still beautiful. <laughs> But I just didn't go to the Lord of the Rings part, which still makes me. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, you guys should check out that album. That's That album is called Hamlet. It has a naked man's ass on the cover. Um, an old-timey, attractive naked man. But yeah, so. I was into that ass. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, like, disproportionately muscular compared to... Uh, his upper body like you know you hear about people skipping leg day this guy was this guy was skipping upper body day yes um yeah just to get that sweet ass um paul do you want to hear my uh my latest battle rap track (laughs) oh boy obviously excellent um i'm gonna i'm gonna send you i'm I'm sending you the link via skype to play (laughs) Wait, uh, let me give some context. Okay, is that the easiest way to send it? Because that's not the easiest way for me to play it. How else can I send it to you? Group me would be easier. Um, I can. Group. No, I can make this happen. I can make this happen. Okay, I can. Yeah, G chat it. Group me. Read you the URL on air. Um, that would actually be really easy to do since I can now read it myself. Yeah, give us the context for this, Joe. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I have a friend uh, from college who goes by the uh, et- the eternal nickname Shorty. He is a, a Polish physicist architect. Um, I only knew the first of those descriptors. Yes, um, and he uh, is a fine rapper. Um, we have traded a few uh, tracks, diss tracks, and... Uh, it's been my only foray into rapping. Um, and he recently became a certified architect in Maryland. And I wrote this song to uh, celebrate uh, his achievement. Wow. Yeah. What a time to be alive. It is. So it's a freestyle. Oh, all the best. <laughs> um. so, oh, <laughs> at least it's what I think is a freestyle. <laughs> Prepare yourselves for a minute and 45 seconds of this. Uh, the next uh, minute and 45 seconds of this podcast uh, go from lightly not safe for work to extremely not safe for work. Uh, in that, um, you know, well, I would not, maybe extreme is too far. Uh, it goes to, uh, <laughs> you know, moderate levels of gangster rap metaphor. I say play it for your boss and see if it gets you a promotion. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> I mean, it would. It's not lie. All right, so let's. You ready to drop this track? I am. The needle is poised. Okay, this is this is my track called Shorty Towers. Yo, what up, society? It's 2016. Shorty's a real architect now. Gotta go back on the track. Talk about my man, Shorty. See, they call this one Shorty Towers. Uh huh. Shorty Tower overall, 40 story fucking tall, just his dick and his ball. Take a shit on Trump's wall. Golden turds, bolder words. Take my morning, Shorty Horny, for your business. Gonna make your plans as mistress. From foundation to the top, buttresses gonna pop fire, cold all compliant, higher flows in alignment, rising dough and myriad pyramids stack higher than the Mayans. Shorty, shorty, looking down from his tower, take a piss for an hour, talking big, laughing louder, shorty, now you never bitch, best bow down to his power. Oh yeah, we gonna hit it now. Here we go. 
just getting started, like shorty. Shorty legal like a building code, regal like it's toilet gold, hot a spot on a yacht, fucking while his beer get cold, Virgin Islands getting laid, while my man shorty paid, shouting over I'm done, shorty outie gala gone. Woo! Society 2016, Grady owns two houses, shorty gonna build him a hot tub, Q's gonna holler at ladies from it, life is good y'all, shorty tower overall. Joe, there's no way you first know that. <laughs> um, no way I freestyled it? No, no. Yeah. It's a freestyle in that it has no chorus or structure. That's not the definition of freestyle, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, that was, that, was, that was awesome. And now I finally know why you badgered me into doing this podcast. So that it could be but the larval stage of your rap career. It's like a drop, drop hot fire. Yes. Uh, you know, last time I heard you rapping about Shorty, you were you were just immolating him. Like there was mm-hmm. there was not really much left of his small carcass. Um, but here you're building him up. Is this like the uh the Nas Jay Z uh uh rapprochement? It is indeed. I think that um the hope is that Shorty and I will soon record together. Uh, immolating mm. uh, our other friends on the track. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you got to take that Eric down a peg. I yeah, think. totally. I mean, he and and the first time when I when I uh, you know uh, shot in his direction, he fired back um, uh-huh. with a track called "Galagon Be Gone." Uh, that was <laughs> uh, it was uh, you know it hurt me. It hurt me. Yeah. I discussed it with him at your first wedding. There you go. Um, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we've been meaning to have a real freestyle battle, but I'm not sure it'll ever happen. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Uh, that was awesome. What it, has Shorty heard the song yet? Uh, he has. He has not yet responded. Mm. We're seeing. We're seeing. He's a man of. Uh, he's a quiet man, <laughs> but when he speaks, he speaks loudly. Excellent. Well, uh, well done. Uh, do you have uh, a producer credit to offer to the maker of that beat? You know, uh, it's from a, a YouTube channel called Blunted Beats. Uh, they have mm. a lot of excellent uh, uh, rap instrumentals. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Uh, for, yeah, for the internet beat. That was that was probably the I I'd seen many. I tried several that were like maybe like a six out of ten, but that one showed up. It was like an eight out of ten. I was quite yeah. pleased with it. Nice, nice work, nice work. And uh, you know, I I was impressed. Uh, the rhymes, the rhyme schemes were solid inside of there. I definitely uh, learned. I mean, you learn a little about how to not not do like sing songy rhyme, but just have a lot of like faster internal rhymes. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's kind of fun. It was it was well done. I was impressed. Um, uh just remember me when you're big is all i can say i will paul Paul, when you're when i'm big you're definitely gonna be like i wouldn't go on tour without (laughs) offering you the like the you know the dj spot yeah i can definitely hit play on winamp with the best of them (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) 
and then you have to fist pump. Uh-huh. For, I do know. have to do the the backup rap parts. So yeah, like I, true. I, Forty percent of the words I repeat one third of a second after you say them. So, right. Um, I can. I think I can handle that too. Yes. Excellent. Well, then it's um, all settled. <laughs> We're rich. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. I, th- I I think uh, I hope we're rich from the podcast by the hundredth episode. That's that uh, that seems only fair. Mm-hmm. Really, if there's any justice. Um, yeah, that was awesome. So, uh, shall we go to our our main celebration of our twenty fifth episode, Joe? We should. We should. Um, Paul, what have you learned? Uh, from 25 episodes of podcasts with me. Uh, well, I guess 24 plus this. Yeah. I've learned that I hate the sound of myself giggling too much at funny things mm-hmm. that I thought were funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned to keep my mouth close to the microphone. And uh, mostly it's related to the sound of myself and uh, uh, eliminating those things that one hates about that sound. <laughs> Have you learned anything new about music oh that yeah um i have learned uh you know i have learned that uh music is still alive and well you know our first episode was about rock being dead and the parts where we said that the mainstream doesn't give a shit about it are true but there's so much of it that it's like how can you really complain there's just um plenty of awesome new stuff to listen to all the time so much so that it's difficult to appreciate some of the things that came out like a few months ago right? because of that. Um, what have you learned, Joe? Yeah, we have a future episode in uh, you know, dealing with the problem of too much music. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting one. Um, what have I learned? Uh, I think that um, I have learned um, to be kind of specific to the podcast. Uh, it's been interesting to kind of deeply explicate our music tastes and perhaps see that um, although, well, our tastes are very common or they have a large overlap, um, mm-hmm. perhaps that um, there's a lot more uh, interesting variation in the reasons we like some of the music and what we like about it. That's true. Um, Whereas it would have made sort of broader assumptions about that uh, before we discussed all this stuff so in depth. (laughs) Over and over again. (laughs) Right. Um, For money. Yeah, right. Uh, Which is just interesting when you're thinking about why anyone likes the same thing you do. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's it's good perspective on that. Uh, Ultimately, the common reason is that... um, we didn't get late in high school. And, yes, uh, yes, and our, our the emotions that came and yes. uh, little intellectual scar tissue that grew. So, in that. retrospect, I thank you, ladies, for making me a man of good taste I by as well. uh, by uh, leaving me to my own devices. Uh, yeah, that, although like, our life would probably be better. <laughs> of course, it would. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then the other thing I've learned is that, uh, I think I approached this podcast thinking I knew a shit ton about music and the more we podcast, the more I realized that even though I know more than like 90% of people about music, I still, you know, more than like 98% of people. I right. Think. But, but I yeah, still like, on. I feel like I know absolutely nothing compared to the 
uh, 99th percentile. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always, I always think about like Jack Black in um, that movie with John Cusack about high vinyl. fidelity. Yeah, high fidelity. Like, I'm always aware that that guy is out there knowing ten times as much as I do. Yeah. Uh, oh well. True. Well, no, I I would say that there's some of the people I respect. You know, uh, at, like for instance, someone like uh, Ian Cohen, who writes uh, a lot mm. of great reviews of bands. I like on Pitchfork. Like I'm like, yes. okay, this guy knows what I know about like five bands. He knows about you know fifty to a hundred bands. Yes. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I, w- I want to reach, I still, I still want to reach that level. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I suggest you go back in time and not impregnate your wife. Um, because yeah, we'll suck up some of your time, uh, but oh well, you know, uh, um, I, I, well, I have no witty comment there. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Baby's baby's got a rock. They do. So, uh, Joe, we were going to discuss, we were just going to throw 25 or perhaps just a random number of bands at each other and uh, offer some hot takes to celebrate our 24 previous episodes of extremely well thought out and prudent takes. This is going to be our big thing. I'm excited. I honestly, I started to write down some of the takes and I was like, no, fuck it. These are going to be really fucking hot takes. So I just have them in my brain, kind of. I prepared by sleeping for three hours last night. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. Uh, pause right here. My f- computer's about to die. I must plug it in. That's a good idea. In one minute. This episode is brought to you by uh, Apple Computers, fine purveyors of music. Givers of free U2 to all. Uh, they're our favorite band. And um, they're, our favorite, they're our favorite computer for Joe to record on. I heard you talking about something. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to listen to it later. Yes. Uh, okay. So, hot takes. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're just going to fire away. Yeah, Joe, tell me about Modest Mouse. <laughs> Modest Mouse are an indie band uh, from Washington this State. This take is cold as shit. <laughs> Let's do this. Modest Mouse, uh, top three indie band of all time. Take over. No question. Uh, I would have to think for a while to come up with three better than them, um, even though their last couple albums kind of suck. Uh, that's there. There aren't they? Haven't they existed for twenty years? Yes, more, they have. more. Uh, yeah, so, actually, way more. Um, forgiveness uh, is granted unto them. <laughs> Still, they shouldn't have bothered with releasing a new album of crap nine years after their previous album of not quite crap. So, uh, um, okay, Wolf Parade, hot take, go. Uh, they'll probably suck, uh, on their reunion, but they did give us that one great album. Um, I love them. I think even that album is overrated and I love that album, but it is just not, it does not hold up the way we all wanted it to. 
That's fair. It's probably, I think when I go back, I still like it, but it's not like I would think it deserves to be the biggest indie rock album of the year. Like it feels like it was in 2005 or whatever. Apologies to the Queen Mary is this the album That's we're talking right. about. Yes. Everybody knows. Um, there's no chance we're talking about Well, they about might not Adam actually Zimmer. know the, the title. Yeah, that's um, true. Uh, I would say my hottest take on Wolf Parade is they'll never be Deer Hunter. <laughs> um, and that's good. Uh, so there's a Deer Hunter hot take bonus for you. Oh, God um, damn. That was hot. Uh, I, <laughs> I fucking love Deer Hunter. Uh, I can't get into them. They're Like, I've listened to them, and it's not bad. But other, like... Like on Halcyon Digest, which is like this classic album, there are like two songs that I care to listen to ever again. Uh, that's because uh, you have a parasite in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone should get it. Um, all right, Joe, Built to Spill. Fuck. Uh, I fucking love Built to Spill. My hot take is that are they a top two indie band all time? You know, I'm not gonna get into the Built to Spill versus Modest Mouse, but I'm gonna say that Built to Spill is the most underrated uh, guitar rock band uh, of the indie rock era. I don't know that that didn't make sense. I love us. That that take was too hot. <laughs> Doug um, March is way better at guitar than other indie rockers, and he deserves more credit for it. Is yes, that what you're saying? yes, right. Um, they uh, are they are just a good rock band. Yes, um, they're really as as has been pointed out before. They're two you know really monumental late '90s albums. Uh, Perfect from now on and keep it like a secret are more like classic rock than indie rock, and it's awesome. And um, Paul, I have a hotter yeah. take. I have a hotter yeah. take. Are you ready for it? Are you ready yeah. for it? I think that their song "Carry the Zero could be the best song of the 90s that's that's not that's not too hot for my blood uh uh, that is an incredible song uh it gets better every time yeah Uh, i I don't know how (laughs) all right hit me joe the next band oh shit let's get real let's get real give me your smashing pumpkins hot take the smashing pumpkins are great No, okay. <laughs> um, no, here's here's my real hot take. Okay. Um, the Smashing Pumpkins have uh, uh, Billy Corgan at his peak was a truly phenomenal songwriter. Like he was a phenomenon of pop songwriting, and uh, I always thought that he would have the chops to go on and do lots of different things, like uh, many. Uh, great rock musicians of the past who sort of you know left their moment at the at the zenith of the culture and just went on and did lots of interesting things and he's utterly failed to do that but he still had that period where even though he was probably the least cool great rock star of all time he uh was better than almost all of them Uh, a chilling take but a, a, a true take uh, and therefore mm. a hot take. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of people. People still 
the 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 critical consensus on the pumpkins is very mixed still i would say so yes it's hot for some i would say that my hot take on the pumpkins is that uh they are the most important band from the 90s uh in terms of the music being made today um that could well be i should okay one addition they are the most important of the mainstream uh 90s bands on Mm, music today so so name a specific way you see their influence I would say that their sound, um, how people see 90s alternative rock, uh, the kind that was on the radio, is now seen through the um, um, lens of the Smashing Pumpkins uh, before all. I would say that they're, uh, they have the beautiful version of the loud, quiet, loud, this sort of artfully constructed version of that. Um, hmm. that I hear in music more than I hear uh, kind of the grungier sounds of Pearl Jam or the completely raw sounds of Nirvana, uh, even mm-hmm. though those are those are there. Yeah. I would actually, that's interesting. We'll have to compare actual tracks because I think of, I think of a little bit more of the Nirvana sound and people like Dilly Dally and uh, Speedy Ortiz or even some more underground bands like... Um, Arches of Loaf or something like that. Yeah, right. And my argument is that how the music, um, how the lyrics and music and um, a lot of the production decisions come together is more Pumpkins than Nirvana. Although I would agree there's a strong Nirvana component. Um, okay, this take is is uh, now only at a simmer. It was at a boil. <laughs> um, all right. It's my turn to hit you. Yeah. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine, Joe. Bulls on parade. Um, that's it. That's the take. Uh, I don't know what's a hot take about Rage Against the Machine. What's the what's the consensus? You don't, you don't, these don't have to be hot. Just say something interesting quickly. Say something interesting quickly. Uh, <laughs> like now. Yes. Uh, they are, um, uh, I guess, overrated. Yeah. But also uh so fun to listen to. Like I okay, hot take. I don't think Rage Against the Machine deserves uh any more or less love than a band like Blink one eighty two. I think they are essentially the same. I would say they're Man, I just don't like Blink one eighty two. So I don't Well, other bands <laughs> like that. Like Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know what you're saying. Right. They're not you're on You're saying the they have that sort of yeah. intellectual and artistic heft to them they're not on a um, pedestal above like you know panic what panic at the disco is trying to do oh man you're just you're just crushing i am crushing <laughs> i am crushing them uh i think the guitar riffs are good enough to raise them above that level and uh at least trying to say something philosophically interesting raises them up a little bit but let's not talk about audio slave or their new terrible band with public enemy um okay next yeah. band animal collective go they have uh amazing highs and then also a lot of stuff that's just boring and sort of hard to listen to so um go listen to strawberry jam because that's a great album and um you can probably skip the rest uh i agree complete with that take uh when you find an animal collective song you like uh cling on to it 
Um, my hotter take is that the individual work of uh, lead man Panda Bear is uh, much better. My hot take is that it is the least, it's like all the my least favorite parts of Animal Collective distilled into uh, one set of music. Panda ah, Bear is boring. We like different parts of Animal Collective. Yeah, because A.V. Terror is the one who, um, uh, once again, sounds crazy while he sings, which is just, I, I'm almost worried that I've now typecast myself as a person who likes crazy singers. So <laughs> give me give me that side of Animal Collective every That's day. not the worst it's not the worst person to be. No, uh, but it's still interesting that it works. It's like sometimes you just get worried that there's one button that a work of art can push on you that will oh, work yeah. every time. And you're like, uh, it just feels weird to know that. Yes, it feels a little too um, uh, automatic. Yeah, and you don't want to see the puppet strings on your own self. Right. Um, all right, Joe, Interpol. Well, you know, I think Interpol is uh, moderately overrated. Uh, in our Great Lost episode, I detailed uh, <laughs> that we, I perceive them as um, just a guy droning in monotone over the same uh, guitar chords and b- strummed over and over again. Yes, um, and, and it is awesome. Right, like if that's your kind of thing, <laughs> if that sounds good to you, cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, I just think it's a lot of just that, like on a loop. People, that is not what Interpol sounds like. Um, uh, Interpol, that may be true of uh, everything from album three on, but the first album and even the second album, to a large extent, are really good, and uh, just don't pay too much attention to the ba- to the lyrics. Uh, another band whose uh, rap inflected. Uh, personnel whose personnel's rap inflected new projects you should not listen to banks and steels i listened to one track today and it was it was pretty amazingly horrendous so um maybe good for a laugh you could listen to it for that uh yeah i have uh pretty much avoided that um uh and uh i would instead if you want an interesting collaboration uh Listen to the new collaborations from Hamilton Lighthouser and uh, Rostam. Yes. Excellent. Yes. So good. Um, Hamilton Lighthouser, I could I could listen to him read the phone book. Oh, yeah. Um, One of, he might be, um, yeah, he might be near the top of our indie rock lead singer <laughs> list. Absolutely. Um, but really, I mean, Paul Banks plus RZA, as soon as you saw that announcement, it was just like, there is no chance that this will not be a fiasco. It True. will definitely be bad totally true um okay uh paul how hot is your arcade fire i think this is a pretty medium take uh the first album is excellent the third album is quite good the second album has some good songs the fourth album is uh i listened to it once and i haven't been very tempted to go back Ah, interesting. And that's um, interesting because I loved the first album, especially when it first came out. Right. Um, my hot take is that they are the most overrated band of the indie rock aughts. Uh, I am uh, probably uh, bizarrely uh, <laughs> resistant to their charms. Um, and I find them to be a, an annoyingly pretentious 
uh, Bruce Springsteen of mainstream indie rock. Uh, That's and, yeah. That and, became true as of the second album, if you ask me. But okay. yeah, go ahead. Fair enough. Yes, I and and I think that my uh, take is probably the combination of that some some serious some valid criticisms of the second album forward combined with my just random um <laughs> view of the first album as eh, pretty good ah, is there even one arcade fire song that like has ever really hit you well no because there's the you know the the song the i uh, you know what's the song wake up it? yeah wake up thank you um where I just think I really like the first half of that song, and then the second half kind of goes into their uh, really generic, boring pop. Um, I, I don't know. I think I... Harsh. Yeah, I could not honestly say there's one Arcade Fire song that I uh, love. Man, my body's a cage. Uh, anyway, um, and yet you like the poly- polyphonic spree. That's... <laughs> I've not actually gotcha. listened to the polyphonic spree in many, many years. <laughs> Fair. All right, Joe, tell me about Wilco. Uh, they are, this is the hot take that started this whole idea. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, Wilco is granddaddy rock. And that granddads, <laughs> uh, that's, it's the indie band uh, that granddads love. Although maybe not yeah. granddaddy. Um, and uh, I respect the fuck out of them. And uh, I think all their songs sound the same yeah um the first track on yankee hotel you know yankee hotel foxtrot got a 10 from pitchfork which was like well holy shit of course now that would literally never happen unless they were all dead but um that happened so i bought the album sound unheard and uh the first track is so good and then i fell asleep (laughs) Yeah, I mean they have some cool ass songs, but uh uh it's not um I would take Spoon over Wilco. Oh any yes. Day. Just, Spoon is actually a really great band if yeah, you ask me. Yeah, Spoon is all the things that I want Wilco to be. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um I turned the new Wilco album off about two thirds of the way through because I was I was bored. Would you say Wilco and Spoon are maybe the indie rock bands that like? To me, I feel like they're the bands that like both girls and guys like in equal measure. That could well be, yeah. That makes sense. They're not too hard, yeah, uh, but they're not too soft either. With the White Stripes being like a Boyce surprising Men. third, <laughs> yes, being White Stripes <laughs> being a surprising third. Uh, yeah. That. Well, the, they're just fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Hit me, Joe. Uh, Mad Lib. Mad Lib is history's greatest producer. Sorry, Dr. Dre. Uh, probably true. I won't argue with that. Uh, he seems um, unstoppable. Um, if I wanted to offer a hot take on Mad Lib, I'd mm-hmm. say that um, maybe uh, I wish. Uh, m- I w- I wish his beats weren't so instantly identifiable as Mad Lib beats. <laughs> like I well, want to hear uh, new Mad Lib. Yeah, it's too bad uh, Jay Dilla isn't still around because they were sort of operating in the same wavelength, and that might have uh, having somebody else 
working at the top level of that same style might have helped push him true you know? true um okay jay-z joe uh jay-z uh probably um the most underrated and overrated rapper <laughs> um of our time i mean the the rapper who's the most of both those things <laughs> uh i should go back and listen to early jay-z which i've never done so i can yeah have a take on that take well, um, it's, it's interesting to listen to big pimpin um and i i hated that song at the time i like it better now i don't know why i hated it so much then um and just you know songs from the blueprint uh are um yeah it's it's i don't i can't even describe it i guess i would say my hot take on jay-z is that we haven't really decided yet um what uh jay-z means to music as we have a much clearer idea of what he means to pop culture hmm i mean he's like 10 years into his old rolling stones phase now i just think of him as the rap rolling stones which is crazy yeah we should have we should have an opinion about what his vital earlier music meant um but yeah jay-z is uh he's definitely a great technical rapper but i have actually i don't know i'm just not that tempted to go back and learn what i missed with jay-z when i wasn't listening to a lot of mainstream rap you know that i can agree with completely i don't Um, that's probably something wrong with me but i don't know uh okay well i think it's fair to say that rap is has gotten better since jay-z's heyday it's just better now i would agree um okay kanye yeah you know i'm not actually excited about giving a kanye take is there anything uh more taken upon than kanye um but i put it on here so i should do it (laughs) um kanye is Probably cool to hang out with is my hot take. I know nice. nobody would believe that. I would say that my Conde hot take is it's too bad that he is uh, so famous and does not get to operate as just a really uh, ambitious artistic talent. I think he would probably kill himself. He seems to be like Billy, like really attached to the idea of being the world's most famous musician that yeah that could very well be true i'm just uh for whatever the reason uh sad about it yeah Um, it would be yeah yeah. i thought he was at his best uh his most interesting to me when he was at the 808s and heartbreak stage where he was trying something new and it seemed like he may at that point i felt like he was maybe not going to be you know, an all-time, uh, you know, or not actually all-time. She's he was not going to be like an eternal giant star. Yeah, yeah. It was not clear then that he was going to just continue to get bigger and bigger. Right. I I've never listened to that whole album, but that that one lead single, uh, you know, the main song from that album. <laughs> this is a tradition of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. Everybody will who knows what's on that album will know this. Anyway, I hate that song. So, oh. um, yeah. But so see, that's, that's right. That but right, yeah. It's it's yeah. Okay, Kanye hot take over. <laughs> All right, uh, future Joe. 
Uh, I know uh, absolutely nothing about future, uh, and um, I don't care. I've never listened to anything by uh, him and been like, I like this. Yeah, I have tried to listen to him uh, because people just are really into him. And uh, not only do I not get it when I listen to it, I don't get it when people write about what they like about him because they'll be like, oh, another... Another crazy album from Future talking about how depressed he is about having sex with three groupies after every show. And I'm like, that's just not very interesting. Um, well, and he, uh, I, what was I going to say? Fuck, I've totally forgot. I totally forgot there. Um, it's one of, no, actually, I was going to respond and say that it is a test with me that if I, am not into someone if i read about them and then can really like listen and appreciate what someone else likes about them like that Mm. will go a long way and you're right future is someone who i have read stuff about and then listened to and then found um nothing yeah nothing at all yeah all right give it to me joe uh i will give it to you baby Uh uh-huh uh-huh um, but I will not ask you about Offspring. <laughs> uh, Joy Division. Joy Division would be one of the all-time great bands if Ian Curtis were not literally the worst lead singer of all time. Uh, I agree. Um, it's I like I listen to it and I want for it to be great because there's some really great songwriting and then he just sings and man. It's it's not like even bad singing that you twist into something that's effective. It's just bad singing. Uh, it's uh, really a shame uh, for you that uh, he lived a long and fruitful life and the rest of his band uh, never continued on uh, with a different <laughs> singer uh, producing um, many amazing albums. That is a shame. Yeah. How, how would it feel uh, for them to treat me like that? Uh, that was... <laughs> That didn't work. <laughs> Close enough. Close enough. Um, I was making a joke about suicide, so you know we're uh, we're deep in a hole. Yeah, we are. Um, okay, Joe. Do you have a Mac DeMarco take? Uh, I I like Mac DeMarco. I'm I'm um, uh, I'm I'm in. I I would say that it's interesting to have one of these artists where you're like, I like this artist, and I'm waiting for the song of theirs that I just like fucking love. Hmm. Yeah, it's fair. I uh, I actually think he's a he's more of an album artist, to be honest. Even though he's sort of like cheery guitar rock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't like a lot of happy music. Is one thing I've learned uh, from doing this podcast is uh, just realizing how much I'm into uh, music that other people probably find grating and dark. Huh. But. Mac DeMarco, who's, you know, sort of an undistorted, melodic guitar dude, um, I dig it a lot. And I think it might be because um, of the the philosophy he brings to happy music, which is just such a, such a like, happy slacker uh, way to look at things. Mm-hmm. Willing to be uh, critical and have interesting opinions, but at the same totally. time... Uh, very chill so that's really what we should all strive to be i feel like yeah i'm right there with you um vampire weekend 
that's for you to give me yes um vampire weekend is great and their all their albums are good and the most recent one is the best and uh i hope rostam's uh uh flowering as a solo artist does not mean that we are going to lose him from vampire weekend because um vampire weekend is great this take is not hot at all i'm sorry uh paul you know he already left vampire weekend right okay my hot take is that i live in a different timeline where that hasn't happened i see uh yes um that he left uh vampire weekend um uh at the beginning of this year okay i honestly missed that announcement um yeah, his his solo work has been good enough that you can't really blame him. He uh he deserves to be doing his own thing. I was pretty sad. I mean, he obviously um he uh you know, it seems to have been amicable uh in the way these things are where he just wanted to do his own thing more than he wanted to be on Vampire Weekend, um, but mm-hmm. still is friends with everybody. Um but they seem to be to want to like continue to all unofficially collaborate together. Um, I and I think he has already collaborated on the next Vampire Weekend album. Oh, that works. Whatever, then. Yeah. He just um, might not go on tour or some shit. Right. Uh, but yes, it is. He is key. My Vampire Weekend hot take is that um, uh, they are somehow underrated. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of people dislike them for their image and um, kind of the the precociousness of their music but yes. I, I think they're just a fucking awesome band they're uh, sort of the wes anderson of indie music you might yes say. yes and i think they will go i think they will it will be surprising to see uh how well regarded they are 10 years from now uh compared to some other bands i'll also say this for them uh little kids love vampire weekend yeah um, all of my children are into it that's encouraging and uh, yeah, that's nice. That's like really good music you can play with the kids around. I will say, I believe their uh, first album is clearly the best. That's mm, not a bad take, but I really like the third one. Right. Uh, uh, Joe, tell me about Haim. So my hot take on Haim is that uh, I think they are kind of bullshit and I don't listen to them. Man, I thought you were into Haim. I thought we could argue about this. They are bullshit. No, I like Heinz, not Haim. Yeah, I like Heinz, too. (laughs) I I really thought you liked Haim. Damn. Got to start podcasting with people who disagree with us. Well, my brother, I think, is into Haim. I I just am not into these uh, sort of like, you know, this is probably proof that I'm a bad critic because I obviously don't mind when somebody is a fairly straightforward 90s revival band. Right. But these straightforward 80s revival acts, fuck them, get them out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that if I sat down and listened to the Haim album, like again, uh, I would not have like an unpleasant time. It's not like listening to yeah. the 1975, but, um, <laughs> uh, although almost nothing is, um, <laughs> I wouldn't choose to do it. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. It's not like actively bad. I just, why are they the biggest band ever? um that's some clash coming up am i is it my turn to offer offer up unto you yeah paul uh-huh. uh a band that uh we disagree on uh to a pretty extreme degree uh the dirty projectors yeah so i feel like i should really like the dirty projectors because 
I like weird offbeat sort of uh, pop rock type music. Um, and I like a lot of the sounds they use, but I just don't feel anything to their music. It's actually been a while since I listened to it. I meant to uh, listen again in preparation for this, but I forgot. So uh, I wish my my disc could be harder, but um, I remember not being into it that much. You know, it's interesting, but I feel like the, uh, so- the singing uh, proclivities that you have professed to uh, during this cast are uh, perhaps a reason you don't like the dirty projectors because they are very delicate uh, mm. in their stylings and not in the way that vampire weekend, you know, has this sort of like youthful slacker vibe to it. Dirty projectors mm. seems very forced uh, in their mm. delivery, um, which I'd like, but it, I can't deny that it's um, yeah. Artificial. Um, the two right. like like the two angelic women singing in the background is, uh, I admit, kind of silly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna try it again just to see if I was wrong. Okay. Um, Kings of Leon, Joe. Uh, hot take. Like, let's just let's call them a good band. They're a good band. I thought you hated Kings of Leon. <laughs> <laughs> I really no, did. <laughs> no way. I think they're I think they're a good band. I think there's a lot of parts in their catalog that are just good rock songs and I think that they uh are deservedly um a, a well-liked mainstream rock band. So maybe I don't love them, but I am encouraged that they exist. Yeah. I uh have never sat down and listened to the Kings of Leon, but every time I've heard them it's been good. <laughs> There was one t- yeah, so I have no basis for this take whatsoever. I do remember Tom DJed some track of theirs into one of Radiohead's web promos. I was like, "Oh, this is really good." So that's a that's a a nice mark of approval right there. Uh, yeah, that's all I got for King let's keep Leon. let's keep it going. PJ Harvey. PJ Harvey is so good. We've talked about how great PJ Harvey is. Yeah. I don't think anybody needs me to say it again. But. Um, uh, you know, I appreciate anybody who can start out as like a straight ahead, but really wild rocker and then sort of transition into just doing weird stuff when she's older. So, you know, she's like, she's one version of the sort of path I thought maybe Billy could go down and didn't. And, uh, uh, God bless PJ Harvey for being awesome. I would say PJ Harvey is fucking great. Um, but don't worry, people like us uh, are obsessed with PJ Harvey, and you don't have to think it's the best music you've ever listened to. We all know it's just really good. <laughs> We're just excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Joe, what do you think of James Blake? I actually don't know the answer um, to this question. I don't like him as much as you. I think it's um, a bit, uh, well, it's very James Blake. <laughs> And sometimes I like it, sometimes I not. But I'm often not willing to put in the effort required to listen to James Blake. I uh, I don't know. He's just got the exact right sort of IDM influence soul sound that I that I like. And um, give me uh, more. Yes, I was IDM soul. Yes, <laughs> don't. <laughs> it's true i like it um although i will say this most recent album was way too long 
and way too much like previous James Blake for me to really bother with an Noted. album that long. Noted. I will tell his representatives. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hit me, Joe. Uh, Kurt Vile. Kurt Vile is boring. Um, I just am not into as much of this. I, how many times have we said I am into, I am not into on this podcast? But um, that sort of like uh, uh, late 70s uh, groove rocking type of thing. Um, I don't know. I just don't like listening to it that much. I, I had a conversion um, with this. Uh, I was right there with you. Um and uh, then I was convinced by um, uh, an essay by Lester Bangs to give Van Morrison. He wrote so beautifully about Van Morrison's uh, Astral Weeks um, that I had to listen to it. Uh, and hmm. I was like, oh, yes, you are correct. Uh, this album is um, fucking awesome. Um, uh, it has... Um, one of my favorite songs of all time on it, um, which is uh, the title Astral uh, title song Astral Weeks. Um, I was about to pull a poll there and forget the. <laughs> it's like, what's the name of the song? Yes, same as the album. Um, uh, anyway, uh, that's I think played into my um, my love of like Destroyer and Kurt Vile and even War on Drugs. Um, which I think I'll take uh, from his influence. And as you said, then more uh, this sort of 70s groove. Um, so I like Kurt Vile. Um, do I have a hot take about him? Um, nope, I sure don't. All right. Um, I should listen to Astral Weeks and, and find out if that does it for me too. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Death Grips, Joe. Death Grips, um, all I know is that they are controversial. Uh, I um, think they are wildly, wildly, wildly overrated um, due to their uh, uh, antics. Yeah. Uh, Death Grips is not very good. I don't know why anybody would want to listen to. They're fun to write a blog post about. (laughs) It's, uh, is there a joke there I'm missing? No. Um, okay. They just seem like Pitchfork writes about them all the oh, time. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and I don't get it. It's like he's not an especially good rapper. The drumming is really good, but everything, every other sound is um, sort of metal machine music-y, which uh, is not appealing. And um, yeah, don't need it. I can see if you were like... Uh, really rebellious 13 year old with strict Christian parents, they would probably be pretty exciting, but I am none of those things anymore. Uh, Thank goodness. uh, Until you (laughs) convert back like George Harrison. Yeah. Um, uh, All right, let's go. Let's go. Time to let's Paul turn up the heat. Yeah. Let's get them takes hot, smoking hot, set up the fire alarm, start a grease fire. (laughs) Let's do it. Okay. So, you're so hot, we can melt steel. These takes will melt steel. Um, uh, my Bloody Valentine, go. 
They uh, do nothing for me almost, even though it seems like I should really love them. Uh, the lack of urgency in them and most other shoegaze bands uh, just leaves me bored, mostly. Paul, you're dead wrong. My Bloody Valentine is uh, the lifeblood of the 90s alternative rock and its descendants that we love. Uh, That's true, but they themselves, meh. Yes. Um, And I would say they are nearly as important as the Pixies. Uh, Okay, go. Um, All right, Uh, St. Vincent. I thought we didn't have her on here, but I'm glad we do. Uh, I probably added her at the last minute. St. Vincent, uh, I think she's uh, just another pop singer, but she's good. I like a lot of her songs. I think uh, you should see St. Vincent live because I was much more impressed by her when I saw her live. On on the studio album, she's got great songwriting, but it all sounds a little bit mannered sometimes. Yeah. Um, uh, But live... Uh, she really lets loose a lot more, and that was great. Uh, bon Iver. Bon Iver. Um, this, was, this was a discussion on our last episode, and um, uh, I, I can't tell if I... I actually do like his music, particularly the second album, but he seems like a tool for some reason, and that kind of bugs me but I could be just be wrong about that. Maybe it's because he hangs out with Kanye. Uh, my Bonavere take is I don't understand why we've forgiven him uh, for no longer just playing uh, singer-songwriter acoustic music, which he was fucking great at. Um, and I don't understand why you would sacrifice that to be a play strange space indie. I don't, what Cosmic that, indie? That's a good description. And yeah. I can totally understand why you do that because 95% of singer songwriters are completely boring. True. But he wasn't, he was good at it and I just, we needed it. Um, (laughs) I bet he'd be boring at it now if he were still doing it. All right. Hit me. Mark Kozilek. Right. uh, Best known as sun kill moon and uh, head of red house painters. I really Um, meant sun kill moon when I put this on here. Got it. Um, I would say my hot take on Sun Kill Moon is that uh, I don't buy the Morrissey shit. Um, <laughs> and it does affect your music when you're uh, just constantly a giant asshole. Uh, he is constantly a giant asshole. And um, it's produced some of the funniest things that have ever happened in any rock. So I support him. And that I want true. him to keep being a giant asshole. That is true. We need it. Um all right, The Shins. The Shins, that dude has a great voice, and most of the rest of their uh, elements of their band are disposable. You know, I think, uh, did I tell you that I have, uh, I've named a phenomenon. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. the Garden State Phenomenon. It's when you yeah. watch a movie and uh, you like it the first time you see it, and it gets worse every time you see it. That definitely happens to them, or to uh, that, that movie, yes. Yes, and uh, I would say that it uh, the Shins are famously featured in that movie, and mm-hmm. um, I feel, although to a lesser degree, I do feel like uh, I like them less and less the more I hear them. Uh, so they gave you forever. A, they gave you a useful uh, artistic 
means of, of artistic criticism. So in that sense, Joe, they really did change your life. They did. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, next. The yeah, yeah, yeahs, Joe. The yeah, yeah, yeahs. Uh, I think their work after their initial awesome punk phase is way overrated. Um, there are some good songs, but I'll take the first album and I'll take the Is Is EP, which is the best thing they ever did. And other than that, you're kind of right. Um, there, yeah, there's not a really classic album in the let's, rest of it. Let's hit a uh, a hot take. Um, I think Maps is uh, has been rightfully rewarded and will continue to be so. Um, just one of the best songs ever written. It is amazingly good and weird how much it stands out from their other work, particularly early on. Yes, and hard to describe in the context of any other song, even. Yeah. Uh, It's just uh, one of those unique, you know, bolt of lightning moments. That's totally true. Um, Yeah. Uh, Are you next? You are to read to me next the xx the xx are xx excellent um did that no um <laughs> they uh i really like the xx at least the first album is really good and uh, another one that's that's good for playing around the kids uh nothing too scary on that um but uh i wouldn't think i would like a bunch of semi-gothy mumbly british teens uh but by god i do um, and I would say that uh, I think the XX. These are just these are just these are hot takes, or whether we like these bands or not. <laughs> yeah, it's really. I'm just trying to. When you're not prepared to with anything, it's just like I like this band. I don't like this band. So this might be our worst episode ever. Who knows? Yes, the 25th episode, worst episode ever. I love it. Um, the XX. <laughs> fall into a category of indie bands with me where I, or whatever they are, I just don't understand quite what's happening. Oh man. Um, you Next time you're sad, Joe, listen to the XX. Okay. I think I've also been taint, tainted by listening to a bunch of songs from the Jamie XX's album, um, yeah. which I'm just not into at all. Me neither. Actually. Um, even though it seems like I would be, I'm not. Um, Joe, tell me about Tame Impala. Tame Impala. Uh, so I guess my dark secret is that I really was not into them until you told me I should be, and then I, I picked up on it. Nice. Um, hot take. Uh, I would say uh, that. Um, what do I? Hmm. You know. I'm going to say this. It's good. It's a hot take for Savage Beast. I would say that Currents is growing on me. And oh, I wow. like some of the songs from it better than I did uh, when it came out last year. Wow. Okay. That is that is hot. Um, I've pretty much given my Tame Impala take before. Uh, give me more of the non-Currents version of Tame Impala. So no need to elaborate there. Um, so hit me, Joe. All right, now we're in the pot. We're in the end three. We got a kill. We got a murderer's row for these last three. I expect some hot takes. Uh, Oasis. Oasis is worse than Blur. That's my hot take. Ooh, that's not hot at all. <laughs> that's cold. Um, 
Oasis is better as a uh, as a kayfabe soap opera than as a band. Uh, wow, love it. I would say that Oasis um, is worth um, close closer observation as a band than. Um, credit is given to them now due to their drama uh, but their first three albums are a really interesting look into the full they were the most popular alternative rock band by were some they? measures by oh, some okay. measures i mean they sure. were the king of like british rock at that moment and they were playing 100 yeah. percent alternative rock music yeah um and yeah they uh have um they've like earned they've earned their musical stature even though now so much of what they do is a joke yeah all right give it to me oh wait was i first on that one or do i yeah Yeah. hit me hit me okay blur joe Blur, uh, I would say that Blur, uh, my hot take is that they uh, um, they should have stayed permanently broken up. Uh, <laughs> nothing good could come to returning to see the worst of Blur, uh, their sort of petulant side, uh, their um, gloomy, dragging side. Uh, the joy of Blur was in their hot conflict. That ended. Um, Should have let it go with, you know, 13 or soon after that. Yeah. My hot take is that there are two good Blur albums. Uh, Blur and 13. And the rest are lame. Interesting. So you don't like early Blur. No. No, I've never heard anything from there that I liked. You don't like Country House or the Universal um like from like the great escape it's possible that i have never heard them but if i have i didn't like them lives in a house a very big house in the country this doesn't sound like i'm going to like it it's there is no way you would like this music that is my hot take on (laughs) um okay am i giving to you uh yeah hot take final hot take paul what is your hot take on radiohead Radiohead is terrible. This has all been a big con. Uh, Signing off. God damn it. Yeah. I finally embarrassed you by making you say how much you liked Radiohead on all these wow, episodes. This has been a long con, a twenty year con. I know. Just been <laughs> just been like sitting there listening to it on headphones next to you after we bought the album and I spent all this money on it and being like, God, someday I'm gonna burn him with all this. Uh, um I'm torched. <laughs> uh radiohead is the greatest band of all time wow well of course our our hot takes are basically in alignment uh i was gonna say i was gonna describe them as having reached the level of the beatles they are that good they're better than the beatles to me that it's it's hard to compare oh yeah i don't i don't even gotta fan myself I mean, like, 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 just think about it. Would you rather listen to some Radiohead or some Beatles right after this? Well, good question. Uh, and 
I I would say I'd say Radiohead wins by hair. I'd say Radiohead wins, and I don't even have to think about it very hard. Got it. Um, uh, they're the only band. They are they are it on the top tier, and I accept that Radiohead uh, is number one. Yeah, this is no slag on the Beatles. Uh, I I'm not gonna hate on the Beatles. The Beatles were great, but hot take right there. I know. <laughs> It's ridiculous to compare them in some senses just because, like, the Beatles were putting out an album every six months and uh, Radiohead are putting out an album every six years. But um, uh, the Radiohead's music is better to listen to than the Beatles' music. Uh, I agree. Uh, I think that um, uh, we are lucky to have experienced Radiohead. Absolutely. All right, Joe. <laughs> that might have been the worst podcast ever, or it might have been great. Hot I, take. I can't tell. I can't tell, um, but uh, hot take. Uh, it was fun either way. Yeah. Hot take. We've hopefully killed the phrase hot take for all time, and people can stop saying it now. This is bad because we named our uh, best of episodes hot tapes. So That's true. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yes. all right everybody thank you for listening uh for all these 25 episodes uh and um thank you for following us on on twitter at savage beauties pod and subscribing to us and rating us on itunes uh soundcloud wherever you want to do that we're also on google play and all those things um our website is savagespod.com and our email is savagespod at gmail.com. And really any of that stuff you can do is cool because we want people to know how much we know about music. That's really what I live for. So um, get the word out. Yeah. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> or, we'll, or we'll never make it another 25 episodes. <laughs> Joe, you've just killed our podcast. Uh, I, I want to end by thanking all of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. All of our future sponsors for the future bucks they've given us. No, I'm just going to cut it off after thanking all of our sponsors because we have all right. done. All right. I like it. 